not better than you. Oh, this is fishing the tape. Like uh, that, Daddy. Like that, baby. We're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Check this out. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Like we always do about this time. Catching shit off the radio. Put the tissue in the in Tissue on the top. Tissue on the tape. They don't know about that. You you casually just talking about, you know, the parties at Martin. We 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 jumped over it because we we got entrenched in the lyricist lounge. I mean, this is a hip hop show, but Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have we have to talk about the one of, if not the most iconic show in the '90s, especially for Black culture, is Martin. Um, It's it's like everything from the song to the slang to the the weight, the look of it. Mm -hmm. It defines the '90s for Black culture. Tell tell us like from from your perspective how how Martin came to be in like from from the Kenny Buford you know POV. It, 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 Martin and I used to. I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you where, where where I saw something to change in Martin. I was in. I had left Forty Acres in 1989 and had a couple bucks saved, and I was doing. A, I'm a traveler country. So I, I ended up driving, I had a Pathfinder, and I remember, you know, packing up, you know, like two or three weeks worth of clothes, and had a little money in my pocket, and I just drove. And I went to Chicago, saw a girl that I saw in Chicago, in Chicago, went to Dallas, came to Houston, you know, travel, just, you know, travel, find my way out to California, and stay with Martin. And I stayed with Martin, and one particular night, that one particular night we were kicking it, and it was the first night of the Arsenio Hall show. And Eddie Murphy was the guest. And Martin stood the whole, or sat on his couch the whole time like this, just like you said with the lyricist lab. Like the whole time, just like focus. And he was like, yo, man, I gotta be on that shit, man. And this was, this was before Def Comedy Jam. This before, this was just around living color time. And, and Martin had been given opportunity to be on Living Color, but he, he said no. Um, he had just finished Do The Right Thing and was just getting ready to do a house party. Um, so his name was starting to bubble a little bit. He would come in, t- after he did Do The Right Thing, Martin would come into town, back into New York, and he would do shows, and do shows in Jersey, Peppermint Lounge, and shit like that. And I would, you know, basically take notes on the shit, and we would basically rewrite his act or punch up his act. So he started getting better, started getting bigger. He's coming to town. Every time he comes to town, he do shows. So he called me and said he had a show that they wanted him to host called Def Comedy Jam. And that he didn't want to do the same comedy that he was doing on the road. And he, that he you know, was performing his concerts no more. So he wanted to do all new shit. He wanted me to come help him write. At that time, I'm working at MTV, which is four blocks away. Um, we shot at the Academy Theater, like on 39th and Broadway. Um, and MTV was at 44th and Broadway, 45th and Broadway. So I, literally, I could walk right down the street and I'm right there. Um, so Martin and I, you know, we, we got this chemistry going and everyone kind of saw the comedian saw us interacting. And I didn't know that Chris Albrecht, 
excuse me, Chris Albrecht, the head of HBO, he's sitting in the back the whole time I seen him, but I didn't know who this dude was. I didn't even know I had no idea. I thought he's somebody to do a Def Jam. So he came up to me, and all my life, I didn't want to be a writer. He comes up to me, tells me the whole thing, like they get ready to get Martin's show, and you know, we need people around that know him and that deal with him, you know, that know his voice, et cetera, et cetera. We'd love for you to come be a writer on the show. And I was like, thank you, but no thank you. And the only reason I said that, because my, my first son was born. And I couldn't, I couldn't just get up and leave New York and go to California, you know, to take a chance on some shit. So we did the first season of Def Comedy Jam. And then Martin got his show. So then we did the second season of Def Comedy Jam. And Martin came into town and everything had changed. And I got, he went from driving like a, I forget what car he had, but he had a Lexus now. And, you know, he had a dope apartment and now he had a, a, his first house. You know what I mean? So I was just like, okay, my man is coming up. And all of off the strength of House Party, you know, House Party 2 and all of that stuff. Um, or House Party at that point. So he hit me up one day, told me about Def Comedy Jam. And then he told me that HBO wanted to give him his own show. And Martin and I, I'm, I'm April 2nd. He's born April 16th. Well, I'm two weeks older than him. In the world. Oh, let's go. Yeah. April 9th. There you go. Oh, you right in the middle. Yeah. You right in the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yo. He, I'm April 2nd, he's April 9th, I'm, he's April 16th. And so we always would clash. We were always would clash for whatever reason, you know, whatever, we always would clash, but like righteous. And so we had, we argued about something. And I think what we argued about was Mike Tyson. Cause around the time that Mike got locked up, I was like, man, Mike ain't do that shit. He's like, mom was like, yo, if he did that shit, he deserved it. Like, but he ain't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna just speculate. He, he, you know, Mike ended up saying later on that he made have been, you know, had the, he was getting punishment for what he did to other girls, but he didn't do it to this chick. So we, me and Martin argued, and we didn't talk to each other for about six months. And during that time is when he got the deal to do the show. So when he called me to do Def Comedy Jam and Chris Albrecht saw me, they had already basically had everybody first season, you know, the whole staff and everything. Um, and the, the person who ended up taking what would have been my place was my man, Bentley Evans, Bentley Kyle Evans. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, Martin called me up every single, like the very first time, the very first the pilot came on, Martin called me up 8.31, because the show came on 8 o'clock. He called me up 8.31, as soon as the show went off at my grandma's show. Yo, what you think, what you think, what you think? And if you remember, like the first few episodes, there was like, there, there was a character, like King Beef was a character. And and I was like, yo, son, I hate I hated that shit, Martin. Like, I hate that shit, man. Like, go King Beef. <laughs> yo, I hated that shit, man. And it's like, like some of the shit that I didn't like, I told him. And I like sometimes he'd get offended, like, nah, be that shit is funny. I was like, I don't know, bro. Niggas ain't really thinking that shit is funny in the barbershop, dude. And I and that's why you're calling me. Why the fuck you calling me if you know you don't want to do it a bit? And uh so he was like, Man, you gotta come out here, man. I need you in the room, I need you in the room, I need you in the room. So he flew me out like like three months consecutive, like like January, February, March. And you know, January, February, March, it's still cold in New York. You know what I'm saying? So I'm I'm getting first class, you know, plane tickets to uh, tickets to California. You know, them all picking me up in Brooklyn, them all taking me, you know, picking me up in LA. You know what I'm saying? I got Juan's assistant who's single with the big titties and you know what I'm saying? And just like, okay, like I'm on the D train every day. Like I right. so there's one particular time I went out there, flew out to Cali, and Martin had to go do an interview with somebody. And so he wanted me to go kick it with some of the writers. 
and I kicked it with Benny Richburg and Bentley Evans. Um, Bentley is when they're playing Almondy on the show. That's not even the character name, but that's what everybody calls him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's Ben. Um, ben, you know, he's he's large. I'm crazy proud of him, man. He's you know, beautiful brother, smart cat, one of the smartest cats you'll ever meet. One of the few brothers in LA now that owns his own studio. You know what I'm saying? Like that's real, real smart cat. Um, yeah, real, real. I'm really proud of that dude, man. Really savvy business dude. Um, and the other cat was Benny Richburg. Benny came up. Benny used to write the Fresh Prince. Him and Will grew up together in Philly. Um, him and Jeff really were, were, were close. Um, Benny is responsible amongst amongst other things. Benny's responsible for creating the character, bro, man. Uh, Benny coined the phrase. Uh, he used to call me Pretty Chico. And 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 I'm Pretty Chico was Pretty Ricky's brother. Pretty Ricky, what they call him. So that was all, all from the mind of Benny Richburg. Um, so I, I go to lunch with these two cats. We go to, fuck, I forget the name of the restaurant. Um, we went to a restaurant and they were arguing about, when, before we went to the restaurant, they were arguing about whose car to take. Do we take Bentley's car that he bought from one of the cats from Tony, 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 or we take Benny's car, his Benz that he bought from Will. And I'm sitting there, they having this righteous argument, and I'm like, I'm on the D train every fucking day. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to Manhattan on a fucking D train at MTV every day. Like, and I must something just changed in me. So I came back and Martin saw me, he saw this, my eyes are wide. Like, he's like, yeah, you saw the fucking cars, and they talked about the money. I was like, bro, you ain't tell me it's like that. But I'm just in there, I just wanted to write. You know, I wasn't even thinking about money. I wasn't thinking about the material, so I just wanted to be funny. And so that was the first season of the show. I wasn't even on staff. I was I was just a visitor. I was just, you know, out there. I had influence because, you know, of who I was to Martin. But I didn't have, I didn't get one check from the Martin show in the first season. Second season, I flew out. I moved to California March 3rd, 1993, a week after the first World Trade Center bombings. Um, and my first episode was Fat Like That with Martin. Uh, takes over the aerobics class and, you know, goes on this health kick. And uh, it, it was surreal, man, because <laughs> all, all my life I've waited for this moment and the shit was here, man. It's like, after the episode was ended, I almost started crying. And I'm and like, I, then Martin brought me out in front of the crowd, in front of the studio audience, man. It's like, yo, this is my man Kenny, put his arm around me, put this is my man Kenny. You know, it's my man from day one. And, you know, he's, he's right on the show, just moved out here from New York. And he got me so much ass just because he said that shit. Like, I went to my car, I had a girl wait for me sitting on my car with a bra on. <laughs> Another chick came up getting numbers, man. I was a fool of a fucking sense, man, because of that <laughs> one fucking little announcement that he made. But man, it was, bro, it was so amazing, man. Like, like, and, and, and the crazy shit was, I get paid how much? I get a check too. And the shit, I ain't never, man, I ain't never dealt with black people and the check was on time. Right. Man, bro, shit. So, right. yeah, that, it's like, crazy I, that you mentioned that though. Um, mm -hmm. Just add on to it, like, um, we talk about like stuff going mainstream, like a lot of mm -hmm. like hip hop culture. Uh, of course, the music was instrumental and then, um, you know, the movies too. Like, people got to see it through the movies and stuff. But mm -hmm. when it came to TV, um 
Martin was right, right at the forefront of that. And mm-hmm. you, you saw it um, just even in, you know, the, the Rosie O'Donnells of the world and, the mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the people that the white people that were trying to be cool at the time, trying to appropriate the culture, you know, with from mm-hmm. you go girl, you know, to, you know, uh, you know, getting getting my getting my um, my eat on. Right. Like these things became a part of the lexicon mm-hmm. of America, and they don't even know where it came from. We know. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you so crazy. You so you crazy. So crazy. Sure. Yeah. You know. Damn. Gene, like this. All these. All these different things that um are now get the stepping. Get the stepping. Get the stepping. Step step yeah. And mm-hmm. they're still saying this stuff now. We say it yeah. affectionately. But they right. still say it as like like it's still like effectively. Yeah, crazy to see. Yeah, but it's right on the forefront of that. Yo, you know, you know, I, you know what bugs me out. Really bugs me out is like I remember every joke that I wrote on the show, damn near, and like where I was, and like I'm, I'm just that. I'm, I'm always in the moment. And so, like, I remember the first time I saw one of my jokes as a meme. Mm. And it was like, that's when it shit hit me. Like, damn, like, like, you know, like, and, and, and I, I saw one, and I'm a Muslim. And I saw one, it was, it was a still photo from my very first episode of Fat Like That when Martin is peeking over the table because the food is enticing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that was a meme for Muslims, you know, during Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, I'm, and it's the ironic, the way that all came together for me is this, because I'm, I'm a Muslim. And, and I remember having a, a conversation with, with, with Minister Farrakhan um, during my spike years. And, and he told me, he said, you know, brother, whatever you do, you know, if, if, incorporate whatever you learn from myself, from the messenger, from Brother Malcolm, any, 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 you know, any religious or any sort of Islamic sort of spin you can give on it, try to incorporate that and make it funny and make it entertaining. Because when you're building a nation, you just can't have soldiers. Those are, those are exact words. And, and, and so if you, even on that first episode, I actually quote how to eat to live. Wow. And, you know, <laughs> like, like, you know, I, like, I don't, I don't live to eat, Gina. Uh, I don't eat to live, Gina. I live to eat. See how heavy I just came. That was, that's the actual. <laughs> And, and and I like I try to make it funny so it's it's not to be no pun intended but to make it more digestible to people you know what I'm saying like yeah. not banging you over the head you know with that's a quote from Honorable Elijah Muhammad's How to Eat to Live you know I don't want to do that but I, you know a lot of people came up to me like righteous people like yo I know where you got that from I know you got that from yeah, I saw yeah. what you did I saw what you did mm-hmm. and and I try to do that man with everything that I that I wrote man and I said I'm, I'm you know like even something like like I mentioned uh, um, Taheem. You know, Freddie uh, Bumpy's brother. Like, there's an episode where I mentioned Taheem, and Taheem at the time was locked up, so he was getting love just as to, off the strength for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, in, in the penitentiary, man, he was getting love, man. Like, yo, Ken, like, yo, man, yo, I heard my name, man. I know that was you. Like, yeah, who else? Who else? Was Taheem that's shouting you out. You know what I'm saying? Who, how many other Taheems you know that's locked up, man? You know what I'm saying? He's like, yeah, man, I appreciate you, but it's like. And that, and that was the crazy shit, bro, because we had, that was our audience. You know, we had everybody from Muslims to college students to to to, to inmates, you know what I'm saying? To, you know, like, to, and I'm, I'm like kids, man, like, 
kids love those characters, man. And, and he had like a lot of old school people who love the older characters, man. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, bro, it was, man. One thing for me, I will say this, you know, to my hip hop, me coming from an MTV background, me coming from a New York background and hip hop background. If you notice between season one and season two, Martin season one was more R&B heavy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of Keith Washington's and, you know, the only the hip hop on there was, was, was Kid. Um, but when I came around, everything changed, man. Because when I came out, and I'm saying it very humbly, like the wardrobe people started seeing me wear Tim's. You never saw Martin wear Tim's season one. Yeah. But now he wore Tim's and now he's wearing Carl Kanai. Now he's wearing hockey jerseys. Now he's wearing Fubo. Now he's wearing like, you know, boss shit. Like shit that I was, you know, all the shit that we was rocking. Shit is a little baggier. Um, his slang is different. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm got the whole, you know, I'm the urban dictionary before the urban dictionary was out. I'm straight off the New York boat. So I'm, I'm using every, I'm walking around with a bottle of Alize in my back pocket on set. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how, <laughs> that's how just free we was. And it's like, you know, Martin, like he, he, like they knew I bought hip hop sensibilities to it. And, and like, I did a list, man, of like, of all of the different people that did my episodes. Like I always had the biggest episode because I always want to put people on. I always want to pay homage. Come on, so I have tell me, idea. tell me, tell me you did the, the big episode. Didn't do that. We, we, I didn't. But, but in essence, me and my man Bentley did. Like we didn't get the writing credit for it. But respectfully to the sister Darius Rollins, who wrote the actual episode, um, it wasn't a very strong first draft, so we were having kind of trouble with the rewrites. So literally, me and my man Bentley, um, and we 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 told everybody to leave, and it was myself, it was Bentley Evans, and Gail Ridley, who's John Ridley, who won um, Academy Award for Solom Solomon Northrop's Tales a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, Wow. And you know, he did U-turn and a bunch of other stuff. John really yep. used to be on staff. And um <clears throat> she was our script supervisor. His wife Gail was our script supervisor. And um it was just the three of us, man. Like literally when I watch it's ironic, man. I just watched the biggie episode, I think day Singing before you in the background. <laughs> Bro, I, I can go through every that was my line. Like I remember I remember remember I mean, me and Bentley were just like trading off, man, like Pippin and George. That, hold on, that was that was your line? I'm bro, singing I in the background? There. I, I remember, ain't that Yo. the truth? All of that, everything that teacher did that scene, I wrote. Um, we say that shit now, like you like, like, like somebody said it over there, like singing in the background. <laughs> Yo, my my man, bro, that episode, I'm, I, that's the one I'm most proud. Of. Like I'm proud of every one that I did, but that one, right? That's my favorite. People always say, "What's your favorite one?" That's my favorite one episode because, like, I knew Big before, you know, before all of this. And um, to have him, it's funny, man. I was I did another interview last week. I talked about this shit. Like to to I remember just let me tell you the quick story, the biggest story, real quick. I remember um, the network, HBO, and and the studio, um, Fox. They didn't really feel what we felt. I was like, yo, we get Biggie on the show. You're gonna hear the biggest roar that you ever heard on this set. And when he comes out. And they were like, really? And I was like, yo, trust me. They were like, I don't know. And I had to fight the network in the studio. I had to like, it was like, yo, trust me. I said, if, if not, you can find me. I said, that's how, I, I mean, you don't got to pay me. You could find me. 
give my check to charity on whatever the fuck you need to do. If you don't, if, 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 if it bombs, do what you got to do. Because my word will have no credibility after that. But I said, if it works, don't question us no more. And and Terry Hicks, you ever see the name Terry Schaefer Hicks, one of the writers on the show. She, I mean, she was like the little sister to the show, even though she's older. And she was just like, I saw the gleam in her eyes. Like, yeah, motherfucker, let me tell her. <laughs> and, and, and so they were like, okay, okay, fine. So when you see that episode and I say, I hear you running things and I see you still running your mouth. And Martin turns around and says, what? And Biggie comes out and that roar, still to the second, I get goosebumps, man. Cause I was just like, yeah. And I, I was always stand, I would always stand between cameras. We had four cameras. I always stood between cameras two and three, right in the middle of the set. So where, you know, Martin always had a visual to me. And I have a distinct laugh. You can hear me laugh all the time. You can hear my man, Big Nipsey laugh. And you can hear Tashina laugh all the fucking time. And you can always hear me laugh, but mine is more subtle until I explode. But I would always kind of get Martin laughing because he would hear me laugh knowing I was paying attention. And that would kind of get him going and that would get the crowd going. And an audience, man, like to hear that audience, that laughter come down and hear the people stop, man. And I, I got that from Def Comedy Jam work with Martin. You know, so now it's like in the studio audience for something that I wrote, yeah. you know what I'm saying, at three in the morning. You know what I'm saying? By myself. You know what I'm saying? It's like that was that was like that was banana. But every single I'm looking I want to look at my man Bentley on TV right now too. Um, every single episode, every single line in that episode, I could tell you either I wrote it, Bentley wrote it, or which other writer wrote it. And it wasn't a whole lot of which other writers. Me and Bentley really kind of sunk our teeth into that one, and, and I'm really proud of that shit. Like I I, I can tell you that whole episode like it's funny man my my my, my ex-girl and i man like she she met me she you know fell in love with me because of the show yeah like you know she saw me as the prisoner on the show you know the old scene i did with otis <laughs> <laughs> and was like yo who is that and she reached out to me and we ended up meeting and you know boom boom man but hey but, man man bro that 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 episode is my most wow Man, bro. Yo. It, it, it's so it's so many classic. I mean, of course, the Biggie episode. You got the uh the vacation joint. My man um, God T God T wrote that. My man God man, Toy wrote that. You got you got the the joint where where the, the, like they did the spoof in New Jack City. Yes, um, that, was, that was classic. The Hashi Tashi Air Wax Renum Spoons <laughs> when Gina got her head stuck in the in the headboard. Renum Spoon um, was mine. Naji Ramba is uh Kitty <laughs> Hutton. Oh man, come on, man, bro. Y'all, oh, y'all know. Oh. You can't don't forget my boxing episode. Yeah. Oh, of course, the, the Tommy Hearns joint is that right after the Biggie joint, Tommy Hearns for me. And then uh it's it's so many, like like I said, Witty Hutton with uh Myra was getting her face <laughs> and, and, and they got the outtake of Martin Wig coming off. Man, bro. You know, forever Shanae. Man, yep, yep. That was the first, that that was the very first tape I ever went to live. Forever Shenanigan. That's one of the that's the first first time Martin flew me out. And I had known Kid. You know, Kid was my me and Kid used to have Nets um season tickets. And so like during the Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson years and the, oh, wow, the, okay. you know the Draws oh, and Jersey era. Man, the tie dye and Draws and Petrovic, Sam Bowie, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that man. Era. Yeah, man. And and we man, matter of fact, matter of fact, we were at the game with Carl Lewis saying the national anthem. 
Yes. <laughs> and the Rockets. Hey, yo. Red Claire. Yo, I, I, I will, man, bro, I will throw something at you if I was in your presence. <laughs> I will throw everything I can that won't hurt at you right now. Yo, bro, we were peeing on ourselves. <laughs> oh my God, yo, we that, that's, that's still us. one of the greatest that, things. Ever, that's the yo. greatest. Uh oh, uh oh. Uh oh. I'll make up for it now. <laughs> yo, hey, for people who have never seen this, I'm talking to the audience right now. You know, I, I give you permission. Please pause this. Go to YouTube. <laughs> type in Carl Lewis national anthem. And oh. thank us later, yo. You could you could probably just put Carl Lewis. Yeah, yeah. It, it's of great all as the shit of all the shit that this man has done. Yeah, that's probably the first thing that's gonna come he, up. He's one of the greatest athletes of the 20th century. <laughs> and if you Google his name, that's almost assuredly the first thing that's gonna come up, yo. Nothing to do he has what, like ten gold medals or some shit like that. Uh -oh. Nothing to do with running. Don't matter. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey, hey, Giddy, man, I don't, I don't want to keep, because, man, we could be here all night. I already know we're going to break this up, and this is going to be, this is going to end up being two episodes, because there's too many gems to throw in one episode, and I need people to be able to, to, yes, sir. Yes, sir. to, to process, but as great as, as Martin was, is, mm -hmm. you did so much more than that after Martin. You, mm -hmm. Talk to us about let, let me ask you, because this is something that, because I promise, I, I promised Cam I was going to ask this. Okay. Did 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 Martin have because like right now, like we we I watch a lot of TV. I got a whole other podcast about TV. Right on, right on. A lot of a lot a lot of the the, the great shows have great musical direction. I look at shows like mm -hmm. Insecure. Uh, mm -hmm. Look at a show like Entourage. Um, just. Just a lot of the the, uh, the new Bel Air show, the, mm -hmm. the music on those shows helped tell the story. Sure, sure. On Martin, was that something that just wasn't a thing then, or was it not in the budget? Was there was there even a musical director for Martin at that time? Yeah, we had a musical director. Um, there's a little bit of yes to every question you have. Um, it wasn't as big for us because of the way we shot it. We shot video. And, and and normally those, like when you shoot in film, the music helps to drive the film image a little more, as crazy as it sounds. Yeah. yeah I, 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 you know, it's like to, to, to have the music, to have Montel Jordan play over video as opposed to a film grain, it looks much different in film. It takes on, a, you know, like you, it's, it's, it's more, it's less ambient sound, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I, as opposed to, like for instance, when they like when they did the wire, you know, all those all the, all those different genres. There was nothing that ever played. There was always whatever music was playing in the actual car or actual scene or the actual bar yep. or club. So that we 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 didn't do that as much for production value. Um, but also, well, here's, here's the, 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 the musical director. The funny thing is this: we have Bill Maxwell, who's a great great guy, and he did all the music cues on the show. And, and after season one, um, it was some sometime during season two, um, I saw Pete Rock was, was in the audience. He came to one of the tapings of the show. And he was looking at me. I knew him, but he was looking at me like, I know this dude. So I went over to him and introduced myself. And I told him I had met him when we did an episode in the basement at Yo! TV Raps. 
he was like, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He was my man, Jack Benson, da 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 da. I'm like, yeah, that's my man. And he was just like, yo, man, I'm, you know, could you maybe take me to Newmont? I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, stay here after the show, and I, you know, security, you know, say anything, say you with me, and I'll just come back and get you. I no problem. So I, you know, came, got him in his van after the show, introduced him to Mark. And then Pete was like, yo, man, how can I, you know, I would love to be able to do music cues from the show. You know what I'm saying? I would love to be able to, you know, submit my shit. And I was like, yo, send me something. You got a reel or whatever, so, you know, send me something. And he sent me something and it was dope. And of course, and and it would have been perfect for the show. And he, cause he really did his work. You could tell people's a fan of the show. And I pretended, you know, took it to HBO and Pete just wanted too much money. And, you know, Bill Maxwell, like, you know, no one knows Bill Maxwell. You know, he's a known industry name, if you will. But Pete Rock is Pete Rock. And at the yeah. time, Pete was making, you know, making dope ass. This is the early 90s, so Pete was still very, you yeah, know. So, very, the, so the money Rock. was still crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and I think a lot of it had to do with, like, a lot of Pete's music had samples in it. And that would have had to be cleared to just to get us to clear it for our show. And... They used to they used to give me hell going back to what I said a few minutes ago. They used to give me hell because I used to write big scripts and put a lot of people in my episodes. So you know people got to be paid, and you know so they used to kind of get on me to try not to you know can you can we lose this scene or can we not use this person? Like you know like the money people will come to me you know but I'll be like okay fine you know I can work with you, but with, when it came to the music and a lot of the, a lot of that stuff, like matter of fact matter of fact, if you look at me like. Look at the boxing episode. Um, I think we got love to use the brand new to use Pump Stuff up to get beat there. And 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 my thing was, I'll cut something out. And you know, Mark Greenberg was our was our executive producer, one of the producers with the money. And he would always say, "Okay, KB, I can give you this song if you take if you cut this person." I'm like, all right, I'll get that joke to someone else. And, you know, Miss Jerry will just get an episode next week. You know what I'm saying? Or, some, you know, somebody get an episode next week. So I always wanted to give money back. So I did a Christmas episode, one of the Christmas episodes with Brother Claus. And <laughs> so I'm like, like a lot of a lot of the music was, you know, we got for free. But we had to pay for Curtis Blow's Christmas rap. And, and I was OK with that because Curtis Blow getting the check. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. whoever's getting the check. You know what I'm saying? So that for me, the music part of it, that like I always want to give, even going back to what I was saying about cats, like I always want to be able to give back, man. And like every one of my episodes, music is either referenced or, you know, it's some sort of drive, but it wasn't as common, you know, throughout the show. And usually when it was like a montage, we didn't have a whole lot of montage elements in the show and shit. So um, I forget, I think we, Biggie performed. Like, yeah. I think when he performed, that was, you know, basically. He did one movie. more chance uh, remix. Yeah, yeah, as in the closing credits, and I, we, I don't think we had to pay for that because you know he agreed to do it, um, and that was my idea. That was just going to end the show with, you know, without a performance. They was just going to run like bloopers over the credits as they always do. But I was like, nah, man, yo, better perform. And you know, come to find out, we didn't have to pay for it. Um, what do we? Something we had to pay for. I could get some song we had to pay for. I was like, oh nah, fuck that. Like it was a crazy amount of money. I was like, nah, it ain't, ain't, ain't that anything. I could come up with another joke. Fuck that. I was like, did, did y'all have was. to pay uh forever Shanae? Did y'all have to pay Jodeci? Nope. Or <laughs> nope, didn't have to pay them. Um 
who, did, who did we have to pay? The majority said the episode that that was free. You know, when they when they did, you know, when they yeah. did they joined, they, you know, they signed off on that. Uh but yeah, man, not nah, the, the music. Because so, I imagine I imagine mm-hmm. if that show is done now, mm-hmm. the music it, it, it might be filmed, but yeah, I think I think the music would be set would play such a big factor in it. Because like like yep. I said, like a show like Insecure, the music is is almost a character in Yes. And like she didn't have a she didn't have a a, a theme, right? You know, she right. it was, and I believe Raphael Sadiq, and then later a couple other people did it, but it was yes. a musical director. But because I was because she because uh, like again shout out to my homie Cam she she mentioned she was like yo we were in our in our group chat what if what if Martin had like music a musical director like like in shows like the, how they do now mm-hmm. how different and how much. As, as impactful as the show was, how much more impactful would it have been? Because mm-hmm. you tie those songs to the episodes and vice versa, yep. and you know, it's it it just becomes one of them things. Like even even a song like when I hear when I hear uh Gangstar's work, mm-hmm. I automatically think about you know Entourage, yep. and and then I hear Pavarotti, I think about the Sopranos, like sure. from Exhibit. And yep. it's, even though I heard those songs well before, <clears throat> but they're yep. connected to those episodes just because and, and, and the visual too. That's yeah. The thing. yeah. And on a, the the one thing the, the music, the biggest part that music played on the show for us was actually in this on stage, like you know between scenes and you know gotcha. so every Martin came out every episode. A lot of people don't know this. Martin came out every single episode, every single episode. Clap your hands, everybody. If you got what if he would come out to MCs act like they don't know. Boom, 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 boom. He would come out. Every crowd would go crazy. Dedicated you know to the hardcore hip hop. Yo, bro. Of course we don't flip flop. Come on, bro. Come on, man. One deck, baby. Come on, man. Come on. Size extra large. Size extra large. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So like like whatever, like I'm me in particular, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give another uh, another tie to the music. Um, I remember talking to like, okay, when I worked at MTV, I worked, my producer was a guy named Jack Benson. Um, Jack Benson and Puffy were roommates at the time. And so I ended up meeting Harv Pierre who would come around to all of the tapings. And so me and Harv kept in touch when I moved out to Cali. And so Harv sent me all kinds of shit, you know what I'm saying? And so Harv was instrumental in, 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 in plugging me up to reconnect with Big, to get Big to come out on the show. Oh, so let me let me tell you that real quick. Let me tell you that real quick. Um, we, I, I fought the network and they signed off on it. And so the, the week of the tape, the, that morning we did the table, the very first day of the production of the Biggie episode, I got a call from my assistant, Regina. No, I got into the office that day and Regina had a long face. And she was always the smiling, this happy, hey, hey, KB, you know, happy, and uh, what's going on? Oh, everything's good. She had a long face. I was like, what's wrong? And she said, Shamin wants to see you right away. Shamin was our casting director. Okay. And, and my heart sunk. I was just like, oh, shit, what happened? She said, I don't know. She just said, as soon as Kenny gets in, you know, have him come right down. So I went into my office, which is right there, put my shit down, you know, turned on my music, and walked down the hallway and I turned into Shimin's office and I saw Big and Lil C's there. 
<laughs> and they stood up and they stood up like, yo, came over, gave me a big hug. And I was like, yo, Shaman, everything's cool. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to make you let you know that, you know, your friends were here and da, 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 everything's signed and trying to pay for it. I'm like, oh shit, I don't do that. You know, I got scared of, scared of, of y'all canceling <laughs> some shit. Um, and so then for, what I would do, I, I, this, I always did this. I'm known for this. This is what I'm known for. We, and, and oh, yo, real quick too. Um, there, there's been talk. I heard of, we talked about it like in November last year, the first time I heard about it. There's been talk because 2022 is 30th year of one started in 92. Mm -hmm. So there's been talk of a reunion show. I actually have one written, um, but there's supposed to be talks of a reunion show in the works. So, you know, I'll let y'all know. Yeah, as soon as I'll, I, shit, we'll, matter of fact, we'll break that shit here, man, if y'all want. You know what I'm saying? When, hey. As soon as I find out, I'll let y'all know. <laughs> don't, tip, don't tip me with a, with a good time. <laughs> man, bro, as soon as I find out, I'm gonna let y'all know right away, trust me. Um, but I was known for, I was known for, Terry Hicks will say this. I would play Flavor in Your Ear every fucking morning at, on 10. On 10. And I would get in my office was directly across from Gary and Keith, the director. Original or remix? The original. The original. Right. Original. And the ironic thing was, it's funny you say that, because the original came out right before the holidays. And we went away for the holidays. We came back and the remix was released. And I remember Carl Payne came running, yo, yo, yo. He came to my office, yo, you heard the remix? You heard the remix? He thought he had a scoop. I was like, yeah, nigga, I heard this shit. He's like, who, from who, who, who? I said, what, Flavor yeah. You know, with the same beat. He was like, oh, this shit is dope, right? I was like, yeah, nigga, this is dope. You gotta come in here and act like you got one on me, man. You know who I am. <laughs> and, uh, and man, yo, bro, I was known for that shit, man. Like, I was known for that shit, man. People will tell you, Flavor yeah, that's KB, man. I used to play that shit every day. Because Harv sent me like all of that shit, man. I just, you know, I just played everything. Um, everything they got, they had bad boy jackets, posters. Oh, I, gave, I gave them out to everybody, man. Like, we was bad boy Western here for the most part. But yeah, man. But yeah, yeah, brother, the music played, like, you know, each each uh, uh, sitcom has like a, a, a studio warm up, you know, audience, you know, keeps the audience mm -hmm. warm. And whatever was hot at that time, like, we, would always got our crowd with two things we'd always do. We'd always have somebody that swore they could sing in the audience and someone we knew couldn't sing, but swore they could. And someone that was really, you know, talented. So for laughs and shits and giggles, they would always let the non-singing person sing so they can get basically embarrassed. And they would let the person who could really blow get up and, you know, you never know who's sitting in the audience, you never know. So we give you a shot. And I would always be the one, I would be the right, I would go back to my office to produce and get t-shirts to give to the warm-up, you know, to, to you know, give to the crowd and whatnot. So that's kind of where the music, you know, had the most. And it was very seldom, bro. And I say this with the deepest humility. So I used to go up to the DJ booth, General Lee and Fred Lowe, all DJs. Um, and I used to tell them like, yo, play hip hop. Like, and I would tell them, you know, specific shit to play, like a lot of New York shit. So when they play Flavor in your ear, the crowd would be amped. The only R&B joint that I remember motherfuckers really rocking out to was Montel Joy. This but is how we do it? This is how we do it. And I would always get the crowd going. It's 95, you know what I'm saying? It's the middle of LA, there's LA song, all that shit. Even to this day, that shit is still dope. Fucking, they even fucking insurance commercial with Shaq singing that shit. But, um, <laughs> I saw that shit in a Sonic commercial. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So he got, he was on the Super Bowl shit. They had him on the Super Bowl yesterday talking about some shit, so. 
man, you know, that was like everything else though was like a lot of gangsta I was played. Um I mean Mass Appeal playing a lot. Um perfect hip hop song. Man, bruh. Martin came on the stage at Radio City, he did New Year's Eve shows and came on the stage with that. And it was to hear it on that Radio City music hall studio. That was crazy. Man, bro. And I'm sitting in rehearsals and then and then the actual show, the midnight show too. The crowd was amped, man. People were like brass massive. Oh man, it was like that, bro. It was like that. Shoot. That was a surreal night. I have a theory about that song, man. one day I'm we are gonna interview DJ Premier. I have to ask him. This is gonna be the it's gonna probably be the weirdest shit he ever heard. But I don't know if you ever watched the Jetsons. Yeah, Did I ever tell you this vibe about the about Massaville and the Jetsons? Uh-uh. There, there's an episode of the Jetsons, and she Judy Jetson, she she is the dude. He's supposed to he's like their version of of their rock star. He's Elvis or whatever. His, his, okay. his, I don't remember what the what his name was, but he has a song, and it's and it and it goes eat op ork ok ok. That means I love you. But if you listen to that Master shit, film, I remember that shit. It goes, I fucking remember that. It 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 do 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 do. It it is the exact melody of the whatever the fuck he was saying. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the clip on YouTube, vibe, and then you listen to Master Pill after you hear that. You be like, right. yo, it's it's the. I, I wonder if he programmed it to to yo, that. Like if he was yo. looking at that, it subconsciously programmed it because it's the That's exact same. It's the exact That's same good. shit. That's yo, I never yo. You know he got a show, right? You know, you know yeah, you know, yeah. Um, it, on so on, on um YouTube. on YouTube. So what's up? Yeah, I watch it yeah. every every uh Tuesday. Yeah. Every so Tuesday, up? yeah. I think like the second episode was about um either the first or second. One of the early episodes was about Mass Appeal, and yeah. he talked about that. But I don't know about the Jet the Jets and shit. That shit is yeah, deep. I, I've always wondered that. And I wonder if he might, even if he just maybe like subconsciously did it and just, mm-hmm. but it's do, 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 do. That's how the that's dope, the crazy. crazy. That's crazy. That's dope. <laughs> that's dope. hip hop nerd shit. Yeah, man. That's ill. I, that's cool. I love nuggets like that, man. Good shit. Good yeah, shit. Man. Yo, you know, but, off, 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 off subject. On subject or off subject. You know the movie Do the Right Thing. If you look at the movie Do the Right Thing. It's really a remake of Car Wash. Wow. If you really break it down, the, the whole thing, if you remember in Car Wash, Car Wash was driven by an urban DJ. So you mm-hmm. had Senior, Senior Love Daddy sitting this thing and do the right thing. You mm-hmm. had a DJ. Um, you had a misguided you had, you had Or you had a misguided militant. You had Bill Duke. Mm-hmm. And then you had Bugging Out. You had a, a, a character like you had the fat dude in car wash with his radio. You had Radio Raheem. You had almost oh. this, you had the almost the same exact scene where a young boy Calvin in car wash almost gets hit on by a car and he's saved by someone. Same exact thing happened to do the right thing. Um, urban settings, ensemble cast. Um, you had older characters, Ozzy Davis in. Do the right thing. He had Clarence Muse in and car, car wash, old you know from old generations <laughs> that basically come in. Yo, I I never even I never even put it put it together like that. But yeah, yo, all of that shit, man. The it's like an updated. It's it's like a it's like a whole different spin on it. In fact, yo, hold on, stay right there. I'm a, I want to show you something. Keep, yes, keep sir. talking. I can hear you. Yep, yep, yep. Yo, the the fucking way 
the the the, the you hear you know what that is you hit the handcuffs and car wash you know right away well you hear so do the right things got a driven soundtrack yeah. car wash got a driven soundtrack you know both both movies driven by music mm-hmm. crazy man and i love the car wash was one of my favorite movies coming up man it's like yo that shit is so fucking crazy having little urban dramas little urban comedies you gotta you know they gotta fires they gotta put out and shit like that the way the shit uh kind of erupted into a little bit of a violent situation with the yeah. the pit the piss the two with the the pit the peep alabama and then you had the, 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 the spillover you had uh oh and then um well coolie high and, and boys that's a whole other story but yeah yeah man yep 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 car washes do the right thing do, and, and and i remember bringing that shit up to spike spike got mad crazy defensive like <laughs> he's like no like wait a minute like, like nah he, nigga, he's like, like I, I buns have no seeds what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh there you go yep 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 92 baby yeah yo 92 that's crazy man yo um oh man brother wayne man if you ever see the, the footage of pop when pop got shot and you see foi around him it's a really short brother and brother Wayne, um, it was brother Wayne, brother Anthony, his older brother, and myself, and three other brothers were a part of the core FOI that helped train some of the brothers that was in do the right. I mean, uh, in X to be Muslims. Um, and one of the brothers, like Ernest Thomas, Raj from What's Happening, he was one of the brothers because you know he's in the movie, and um, we became very good friends. Man, we had them brothers in Fort Green Project selling final calls. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like every, not Denzel. Denzel came to the classes, but, you know, he wasn't, Denzel wasn't going to, he wasn't going to Fort Wayne. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if, like everybody else did, man, all the other people that you see, Albert Hall, who's in that movie, uh, all the brothers that you see, again, Ernest, Thomas, all of them, man, they came with us through Fort Wayne, man. That was, that was dope. That was real, real dope. And man. I split, I split time between working on X. And then halfway through X, I left them, started working on Boomerang, because that's when it started. They started filming Yo, Boomerang, and I was there with Mark. We we did the black movie bracket uh, before we did the black TV bracket. Um, you want you, you want to take a guess with one? What was it? Was it X? Was it X? Uh-uh. What, do the right thing. What was it? Do the right thing. What was it? What um, was it? It, it, it came that they were um, do the right thing was in was in the final four. Um, mm-hmm. it, it came down to boomerang and coming to America. Of course. Okay. Yep. Yep. Boomerang one. Yep. 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 That's crazy, Eddie. Eddie and Eddie. By the way, the coolest motherfucker ever. Fuck everything. Fuck everything. I said about Branford, but Eddie's the coolest motherfucker ever. Like to be as large as he is. You know what I'm saying? I talked to one of my boys yesterday, man, and, and I forgot. Like, I've been blessed because I forgot, like, who, who forgets that day we went to a Michael Jackson concert? But my man called me yesterday and was just like, yo, remember that time we was at Eddie House? But like, we was in Manhattan. And it's my man, Steve White. Steve White's in the original Coming to America. He's a dude on the subway, like, well, what you think? And, you know, Steve White's been- Take a chance, honey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
yo, and Steve was like, yo, we was in, we, cause Steve's from, from Freeport, him and Eddie grew up, you know, Roosevelt, on that same area on Long Island. Um, and we was driving around, I said, yo, let's go to Bubble Hill. Like, all right, let's go to Bubble Hill. Fuck, let's go to Eddie Crib. We go to Eddie Crib, they, you know, yo, Kenny Buford, Steve White here, they buzz us right in. Yo, what y'all doing out here? Nothing, man, just came through, you know, see what's going on, da 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 da, da. And it just so happened to be um, the night of a Michael Jackson concert. Michael was performing at the Meadowlands. And uh, Eddie came into the kitchen. I'm kicking with his assistant, Federoff. And Eddie come into the kitchen like, yo, what y'all doing tonight? And Steve was like, nothing. He just came through. See, see what y'all was doing. So, yo, y'all want two tickets, you know, to this you know, Michael Jackson concert? Like, snatched them shits. Hell, fucking yeah. Nah. <laughs> so, you know, we followed them to the, to, the, to the arena and shit. We had seats directly in front of Whoopi Goldberg. And, and her husband. And every time Michael waved <laughs> to Whoopi, I thought Michael was waving at me and shit. So I'm waving back at Michael like a fucking fanboy. That shit was so funny. <laughs> but man, yeah, but it's like, that's how cool Eddie was, man. Like every time, like I remember first time me and Martin went by the crib, he invited us to, we did Boomerang, man. And and he, he invited us to, man. And he, t- he took good care of us, man. Eddie was cool. Matter of fact, when we was doing the movie, do the right thing. When we shooting, do the right thing. Halfway through production, you know, production gets hot, man. It was, but Eddie threw a do the right thing party just for us at his house, like a, a casting crew party just for us at his crib. And then, and yeah, it was. I'm sitting in fucking Eddie Murphy sauna with girls on either arm. You know what I'm saying? Like that. That that's, that shit. You hear stories and shit. This shit was real, real, yo. Like that was a an actual fucking party that we fucking had at Eddie Murphy crib. Well, Eddie Murphy had for us to do the right thing casting crew. Check out Spike's book. Spike got a new book out. It's, it's a lot of the shit is chronicled in that shit too. And my shit's gonna be better than Spike's book. <laughs> talk my talk shit's to the people, yo. My, my shit's gonna be my shit's gonna be real better. Cause Spike just got Spike's story. That's dope. <laughs> right, right. But I got Martin stories. I got MTV rap stories. I got Method and Red stories. I got Lyricist Lounge yeah. stories. So 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 let's let's talk, let's talk about that because we we talked about uh we talked about lyricist lines, we talked about Martin, but again, you did so much more than that in terms of television. Mm-hmm. One last thing about Martin though. You you mm-hmm. talked about all the, the influence with the guests. Who's one guest that you wanted to get on there and for whatever reason they, they never got actually on the show? Oh man. You know, you know what's crazy? Just first of all, first period of salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. And if you notice, man, like on some of the reruns, the okay, the episode that I wrote, it's an episode I wrote called Uptown Friday Night. And it's a it's a, a, a Jerome episode where um Jerome has it's, it's my homage to Uptown Saturday night. Okay. And you know, he owns the this the little the gambling spot and mm-hmm. then you know, Black or Jack. You know, that that that's that you know that episode. That the three girls that played that, Kim Whitley um, and the two other actresses that were in that, that was supposed to be for Salt and Pepper. And I wrote it for Salt and Pepper specifically for them because I have references to all their music and their lyrics and you know all of that. Like they sang Water Man to Jerome and Jerome was going to sing yeah. Water Man to them and all of that shit. Um, and they, they they canceled last minute. They canceled last minute, even to the point where when they show the reruns of that episode, a lot of times it'll, it'll say Salt and Pepper in the credits. Cause they literally canceled last minute. I had salt, pepper, spin, you know, with their actual dialogue and HBO and uh, Fox never changed it from the original script. Cause it was literally last minute. Like 
they pulled out on Thursday with tape on a Friday. You know what I'm saying? That's what it did. Um, I wrote episode woo, 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 with Martin uh, Cream, where he, they invest into the restaurant. Yeah. And Andrew, when Hammer comes in and buys it at the end, that was originally that I wrote that for Russell. That was going to be Russell Simmons. Um, but Russell canceled last minute. He called me like, yo, I don't, I don't do shit. Um, well, yo, Stuart Scott, the late, great Stuart Scott from ESPN, um, he was going to be the announcer on a boxing episode. And some, I forget it, but he was so fucking cool. He called me personally. You know what I'm saying? Like on a Saturday, like we had to be expecting him on a Monday or Tuesday or something like that. And he called me like on a Saturday, man, like, you know, made a few phone calls to find my number to pers- personally call me like, yo, Kenny, I can't do it. Thank you so much, man. So yeah, I, like, I, I, I really appreciate it. Like, I was really sad when he passed because he was really cool to do that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the ill shit was, another quick story. <clears throat> I, I remember that. I remember being like, damn, okay, we got to find an announcer. And me and Martin was kind of arguing that week. And so the announcer ended up being Stu Nahan. And Stu Nahan passed away. He's a native New Yorker, but he ended up coming to California and like he, you know, was like a fledgling character actor. And then he ended up becoming a sportscaster, like a newscaster, sportscaster, you know, on I forget what, what station it was. But Stu Nahan also was the announcer in all the Rocky movies. So when you hear all the Rocky shits, so like, you listen to the Rocky movies, or look at the Rocky movies. Wow. It's Stu Nahan, it's the same dude that we got, you know, for the for the boxing episode. Yeah. And, and so one day. I was driving in traffic. That's how I met him. Because we were supposed to get Stuart Scott. We got, and I always say we, we lost one Stu, but we got another one. Um, and and I was having a bad day. And I'm I'm driving like a New Yorker. And I'm cutting people off. And I'm, fuck you and fuck your mother and fuck everybody. And and Stu Nahan's a New Yorker too, so he wasn't having that shit. And I fucked him. He was like, I was like, fuck you. He's like, fuck you. Like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> like, all right, like, all right, I got a battle today. And so I, I ended up pulling the fucking call over. He pulled the fucking call. I can tell you, show you right now where we parked on fucking Laurel uh, Canyon Boulevard. And, and you know, like a lot of times you, you be heated, but then you get confront each other. It's a whole lot of words, but nothing ever happened. And he was like, what the fuck is your problem? I said, what the fuck is your problem? He's like, yo, man, I didn't mean nothing by that shit. And I know who he was. Um, and so I said, look, man, they look, you know, have a good day, man. I don't want you to bother. He said, where you from? Because I get so my hear my anxiety. Where you from? I said, I'm from New York. And I said, and he said, I could tell. And, and we just started talking. And I told him what I did. And I said, I knew who he was. And I apologized, man. We ended up laughing. And I said, look, man, can I get your number? Because I'm actually, I might, you know, be able to put you to work. I need, I may need you for something. I told him what the episode was. He was, oh man, I would love to do that. He didn't know the show. He didn't know Mark. But he said, I would love to do that. And and to his credit, he gave me his number. It wasn't a busted number. And I, and I had the casting people call because I told them the business affairs were going to call. And they did. And he ended up doing the show, man. And, and he did a fucking... I sat with him, you know, post-production, and we did his shit. He was cool as fuck. We ended up, you know, he ended up buying me a drink, you know what I'm saying, afterwards. And, you know, we just like two friend, two people that became friends after becoming fucking... That, when they first met, they were enemies. Because we had to kick, <laughs> kick, kick each other's ass and fucking... This road rage, <laughs> but but yeah, Stu Nahan was was crazy, crazy cool man. He was he was so I, I, originally Stu Nahan was Stuart Scott, 
Originally, Hammer was uh, Russell Simmons. Originally, the three actresses, Kim Whitley being one of them, was Salt and Pepper. Um, we wanted to get Pac on the show. Two people wanted to get on the show. Pac, we wanted to, but it was always a scheduling conflict, but just getting in touch with him. And we wanted to get Mike Tyson, but Mike was locked up. Like a lot of the time, Mike was away. Um, I think Mike was away from like 92 to 95. Mm -hmm. and, and by the time Mike came home, he wasn't, you know, it's like we was almost done with our shit. Um, I was glad to get meth. I was, I was proud to get meth because I put meth on TV for the first time. He always speaks on that, always reminds me that we've been friends, you know, 30 years. Uh, who else? Who else? Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably it. I'm trying, Pac was the one that we wanted to get. Oh, oh man, of course, Heavy, Heavy D, Hev. I want. I, I tried to get Hev on like five episodes, and it was always one thing or another. It was like, it was never like, oh man, you know, like fuck you, K. Like Hev was my dude. You know what I'm saying? Like Hev is my guy, and him and Martin were particularly. I got footage of them. You know what I'm saying? Like some '92 All Star Game footage. You know, NBA All-Star game footage, we all backstage and shit. But yeah, I want to have to do like, I want to have to have like five different parts. And ironically, okay, next time you watch the Biggie episode, just know that me and Biggie, two hours before we shot that shit, we was at my crib high, getting high as fuck. And, and Martin was high too. If you look at Martin, you can tell Martin was nice and buzz too. Um, <laughs> he, had a nice, he had a nice little buzz on and shit. Um, <clears throat> But, damn, I was going to tell you that shit. I was going to tell you that shit. I was going to tell you something about it. In reference to oh. Heavy D? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 um, we was kicking in my crib, man. Like I said, a couple hours, a couple things happened when Biggie came to my crib. I had these glass shelves. And he's such a big motherfucker. He had like to squeeze through like this doorway, regular ass doorway, but he's such a big fucker dude that he knocked my glass shelves over, man. I was like, yo, man, what the fuck is wrong? Like we had, you know, like just reconnected, I'm like already cursing this nigga out. <laughs> um, and, and so I, I heard it crash. He was like a kid. I'm like I heard this shit crash. Like Ksh, Ksh, Ksh. Mm. I ain't mean to do it. Like a big ass kid. I ain't mean to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, and I remember Big came into the room, and and you know he 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 opened up. I'm a, I'm gonna talk about this in my book, but you know a little more detail. But he he opened up a lot about what was going on with him and Faith, and you know that whole shit with Pac and all that shit, man. It's, I hadn't said nothing about it all these years. I get a lot of interviews and shit, man. I, I don't really say that shit, but I'm gonna say, you know, because he was he was really he, he was really intimate with me, man. Really personal, you know what I'm saying? Like really just brotherly, man. Almost had me crying. He was almost crying. Um, and he pitched an idea to me when we sitting there. And the, the idea he had was he wanted to do a show with him in heavy. And the, and the name of the show was called Two Fat Niggas. And it was and it was it was in a PHAT, two fat niggas, PHAT. And he would, you know, we had a, a concept where they was like a black fat odd couple. And and I was like, oh, like yo, crazy. You know, Hev was gonna be, you know, Felix Unger and Big was gonna be Oscar Madison. You know what I'm oh saying? Oh my god, that would like, be crazy, yo. Yeah. And he's like, yo, what you think? And I, I told him some ideas and I told him, you know, about, you know, like love interests and shit like that since they both have this persona being lovers and how we can play into that and you know having like to, to get some comedic actors in there because neither one of them was that and i had 
you know, we was oh, gonna go crazy, man. We, we was great. It would, it would, bro, we'd have been on the air. We'd have been it. We'd have been on the air for five or six, seven years, and we'd have been. Uh, it would. It would have added just to everyone's legacy. You know what I'm saying? Because because oh, Ed was doing crazy. a. Ed was doing a show at the time, a one man show, a play, and he was incredible. Like Heaven really took you know the acting shit serious, like yeah. he was because he did life, and, and he's on Living Single. He, he, he did. Didn't he do a couple episodes of Rock? I think did a couple episodes. But I did the Tracy Morgan show, the original yeah. Tracy Morgan show, with with Cat Williams and shit, and and that's when that's when um you know Heaven was really starting to take you know his acting seriously and shit. The music wasn't as as big to him as much, man, and and you know so when Heaven passed, man, it's like. I'm big pass, you know what I'm saying? It was like, damn, man. Like, and then, you know, and then losing Ev, you know, too, for me, man. It was like, that was my dude, yeah. man. Like, yeah. So, yeah, man, that was, that was, that was, that was the big one, man. Cause Hev was like, every, and like everybody knew it. We, L, L did an episode. L did an episode. What? Okay, we did an episode. Oh, man. Shit. I forget the shit. Where, where the dude played the Calkin Eye character. I forget. Like the clothing dude, L, L was L was supposed to be that dude. And the same week that L was supposed to do our show, he ended up signing, like to do his own shit. You know, yeah, in the house, I think it was when he did it in the house. Yeah, um, like that same week he was supposed to do our show was when he signed it to do to, you know, to do his shit. Uh, so we we wanted we, and we wanted to get L for like Martin's sisters and everybody that you know all the girls on the show. Um, who else? Yo, this is incredible, man. Mm. And we 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 didn't we didn't even get to, you know, Jamie Foxx show. We didn't get to the Wayne's Brothers, mm. Red and Meth, one on one. Yeah, you had your hands in all of that, man. Yeah, bro. And you know it's crazy. Looking at the bracket, that bugged me the fuck out. Cause they all on there except Red, yeah. Red and Meth didn't make it. Yeah, it, that's it, the it, only it, one. That's the mm. only one that didn't make it. But had we gone this because we did 48, had we did 64, I think it would have made, made it. Uh-huh. But yeah, every everything you had your hands on may is is actually still there. One on one is getting is getting uh what what everybody's been saying is mm-hmm. since since it's been back on, on streaming, mm-hmm. it's one of the, the more is it's one of the better shows, like like it has the longevity, like it holds up is yeah. is what mm-hmm. is is the pretty much the consensus yeah. is that it, is that it holds up and plus it was dope for like like just seeing like a, a single father because you didn't really yes. a single black father too you on top of that, that right mm-hmm. you know like what mm-hmm. was that was that your idea to have that concept or was that like whose whose idea was to have a single black father because like that that shit especially even for the time frame that shit's mm-hmm. incredible that was based on um Netta Boom sister who passed on a few years ago. She That was her show that she created. She's a, a, a Fresh Prince disciple. She's from DC. Got it. Um, and she wrote on Fresh Prince and, you know, bounced around, did a few shows, and then she got one-on-one was her shot. And, and yeah, that was like, that was based on her and her father because she was a, raised by her father. Wow. Uh, okay. And, um, yeah, she passed on, man. Like, I think she passed away like five years ago. Oh, man. Like five, yeah, about five years. You met a boom. But that was all her, man. And man, man I'm sh- I made a lot of money. I'm, I wrote one episode, and I made a lot of money off that show, man. Like, 
that's shot at. I, I mean, it, it it comes with like like the way <laughs> people talk about it. Like my my daughter watches it. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. and my daughter's eleven. You know, so right. it's mm-hmm. it's just one of them shows that just it it, it resonates still. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's um, all the classic the classic elements in place on that show, man. Yeah, you know, you got your, your comedic stuff with Kelly. You know what I'm saying? Kelly's always a funny dude. Um, but Flex, and again, Flex was Flex is not a comedic actor like that. But it was it was more along the lines of like Unetta. One thing is about Unetta, man. She always wanted to. She was a statement maker. You know what I'm saying? She always wanted to kind of you know give back to the community in that way. And and really really good sister, man. She she had a really good spot. She she like Meg Deloach, um, was one of the writers on staff and producers on staff. And Meg Deloach ended up. You know, doing some big things. Um, a couple of the people that wrote on Orange Is the New Black were on staff. Oh, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah, they had a really, really good fucking staff man, over there. Man. Um, it's funny you really mentioned Kelly because, like, when they was doing all those memes, I'm gonna tell my kid this was so and so. So, what I'm, <laughs> yeah. I saw one of them say, "I'm gonna tell my kid this was Jordan Peele." <laughs> and I, and I, I thought that was hilarious, yo. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but like, so like, so you said you wrote you wrote just one episode of one of one on one. Which which episode uh, did you write? I wrote an episode called "Tame Me." I'm the Shrew. Um, is when Kyla basically was. Um, she caught the acting bug and was getting a little out of her britches with, you know, getting a big head. Yeah, she's her ego was on was on yes. thirty. Yes, and and Kelly was, you know, thinking it because it was all like around Martin Luther King's birthday, and Kelly was um, thinking he was a descendant. The B story was Kelly was thinking he was a descendant of Martin Luther King, and then Flex was battling. I forget my man's name. He was hosting Soul Train for a minute. And I'm embarrassed now. Shamar Moore. Nah, not Shamar. It was another cat. Oh man. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue, man. Good brother too, man. Good cat. But he he was acting on the show, and they they were playing rival sportscasters. Okay. And, and him and Flex were vying for the same position, and so yeah, it was it was it was it was a cool episode, man. We got like it was a it was because it was a father daughter show, basically a family show. At the end of it, it was always a message. Yeah that they yeah. want to try to get across and so you know yeah flex was flex was good for that too man flex was cool yeah but um yeah man you met a boom man you know god bless the dead man good sister man good good sister put me yeah. on rest in power yes man yes sir um and you and you and you pretty much kept the lights on at the at the wb man with you with the two shows you had your hand on over there with with yeah. with, with the wayne's bros and 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 uh jamie fox yeah yo my man bentley that's bentley my man bentley who i wrote thin line with um bentley created the jamie fox show and you know he saw what we did at martin used that as a template you know and you know get a, get you a funny comedian um a dude that got little acting chops too and you surround him with really good funny people funny character actors you know if you remember um the mother on uh uh one on, I mean, on, on, on Jimmy Fox show, played one of the characters, the Bookers, on Martin. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. yeah. And the Bookers are patterned after my, my grandmother, my grandmother, my grandfather, because they were always arguing. <laughs> and so Elliot English uh, portrayed my grandmother well. 
and in another episode of Martin, where Cole gets his own apartment, um, coming over to my place, um, Juliana White, Gil, Michael Jai White's wife, she played Rhonda. That character was named after my mother. Okay. So, you know, just little, like when you get the writer, you get to shout out your best friend who's in jail, you get to shout out your other best friend, you know, from high school, get to shout out, you know, your little sister, you know, your girlfriends and stuff like that. In Thin Line, when I wrote, when we wrote Thin Line Between Love and Hate, like there was a, uh, uh, all of the girls in the, the montage sequence were named the All After My Ex-Girlfriends. And, and all of the shit that I used to fuck with them on. So when they saw the movie, no. they were like, why you put me in the movies? Like, <laughs> Please, please tell me who who's I, who wrote the thing with the orange, yo. Who, who did you write that? Yo? No comment. <laughs> no comment. Yo, yo. I, I, let me say this. Let me say this. I will say this, Pete. If yo, I okay. Thin line. We we're comedy writers. So I always wanted thin line to be funnier, right? So when it came like like a little darker, I was like, okay, let me deep, you know, dig into my the shit that I've seen, or you know, and I had some shit. I had some I had some snowfall shit in fucking thin line. Like, and and but it was a little too much for what they wanted to do. So they kind of scaled back a little bit. That's one though. of the that's one of the movies I think should be revisited. I don't I don't really like, I'm not a huge fan of remakes. I agree. I feel like that's one that should be revisited because especially with the way the world is now, mm-hmm. it would work way better. And you could do a little bit more. You could get a little darker, but you could still have a humor in there. Yep. Just yep. shows have found a good way to, to balance the two where you can have some some real shit, but you can also have some comedy in there and get that yes. good balance. Yeah, there's drama and everything. Even in like a show like Snowfall, there's always some funny shit in there, like Jamie yes. Jerome's and yes. you know, yes. just just <laughs> just mad funny shit in there. And but it's still, you know, it's still Snowfall at the end of the day. Yes. You know? and, and and it's back on next week, by the way. Oh, oh, you are. Yeah, hey, we do, we do, we do a uh, we do a clubhouse for for Snowfall too. But you more than yep. welcome to come through. But, I'm, um, I'm, there for all, I'm there for all these shits now. You don't, you yeah. don't fuck up, man. You don't. Fuck up. <laughs> oh no, no, man. We because because uh, when when we started doing the music joint, Knife Wonder come through, and Knife Wonder is a is a is a is a regular extra, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, uh, Lenny S come through. So I mean, you'll be you'll just be one of those, the the uh, the homie Tracy Lee who's been on with us. Sure, sure, um, sure. H-U. But yeah, another Howard alumni. Tracy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but S- yeah, Esquire. man. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Please say uh-huh. the Esquire. That's right. Um, yeah, man. But like you, 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 you put your, you put your, your mitts on everything. Meth and red. That's a, that's another one. Like that, I think was the people wasn't ready for. Like I felt like I felt like Meth and Red should should have been on HBO Max. It, it didn't exist then, but that's something that would have been perfect for HBO Max. Like the kind of or, or even like a Comedy Central, because then y'all could have got away with a little bit more. It, yes. it didn't work for Fox because I, and 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 please give me your side. I felt like y'all was y'all was giving them jokes and they just was like, no, you can't say that. No, Yo, you well, can't do that. You know, you know, you know. The argument was every week. Our argument was, well, why the fuck? Do you know who? You, do you know who you signed to do a TV show? Right? Yeah. Like this is meth and meth and red. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's what they're fucking known for. They and, have a movie and, called How High. And especially you know with saying? with the with people's attitudes towards weed now versus then, it's versus legal then. in the majority of the country. Yes. So, 
that's one. I mean, they, they probably aged out of doing meth and red, you know, mm-hmm. it, now, but you know, and, and they're both busy, you know, on, on yeah, power, yeah. but sure, that's something that yo, yo it, bro, that, ahead of the time, but like you, mm-hmm. y'all had the right idea, and they just didn't have the vehicles, yeah, for mm-hmm. y'all to, to, to do it properly. Now, that's the ironically, man, I'm gonna go revisit a question you asked me earlier, man. I felt like, okay, with that show, two things happened with that show, man. And everything you just said is 110% on point. Um, I also felt, it's like, okay, when you look back at, like, like Sampin or something, give you that, that would be, by the way, that would be my number one seed, overall seed in the bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's my, that's going to be my, I, I, I would love, bro, I would love to the bracket to come down to Martin and Sampin or something at the end, I'll be in my heaven. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in that championship, that'll be the best. Sanford and Son is a monster. I, I, I don't monster. know how the younger people that, that are voting are going to, but it, it, live, it lives in syndication, TV Land. Yeah. Yes. So t- TV Land yeah. was was what syndication for us. Yes. Like growing up, that's what TV Land was for a lot of younger kids. Yep. So it, they, it lived there in a different way, but yeah. it's, it's a different, it's a different animal, man. That is, yeah, that's, that's one of, that's, Sanford and Son is like how we were talking about Grandmaster Cass. That's what Sanford and Son is. Mm. Same thing to me, man. Yep, bro. I, I, that show was. I, I would. We would not be talking right now if it wasn't for that. I, I, would be. Not, I, I would be. I'd be somewhere cooking cakes. You know what I'm saying? I was going. I was going to be a chef. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't trying to. Hey man, nothing cooking. wrong with it. But you know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I took it somewhere else when you said cooking cake. But never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know I mean, patty yeah, cake, patty cake. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Yo, like, like, man, nah. Sam for the Sun is just, man. Look, we we used to fight on Martin. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. We used to have to fight um, standards and practices every week for the number of dams or hells we could say. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we couldn't, you know, we had to fight damn Gina just to say that. Like, if we said that we we had to de hell it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Three d hells or whatever. Man, they said nigga on Sanford and Son like five, yeah. six times over one, one of the funniest, one of the craziest things. Like I didn't realize it at the time when I first saw it, but looking mm-hmm. at it now, and he he was like, he's like, he's like all these niggas in here. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all these niggas in here. It looked like a, a, a cast of a Tarzan. I was like, it's, Yo. it's enough niggas. It's enough niggas in here to make a Tarzan. Movie. Yo, man, bro, that that Ow. scene right there, that scene right there was the inspiration for the Tommy episode when Tommy got his ticket on Martin. Ah, that's the that was the inspiration for that. That scene right there was the inspiration. Same setup and everything, and that's when we ended up having a swing set, an extra day. <laughs> that's why I, I ended up being in the episode with the court scene that had nothing to do with that episode. Wow, because the the older scene with me came on the end of. The, the, the it's called Crunchy Draws, where Martin had a fantasy about Pam, and yeah. had, and, 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 and the, the, the court yo. scene. <laughs> yo, the, the name <laughs> Crunchy Draws. Benny Richburg, Benny Richburg, Crunchy Draws. Yo, you know what I'm saying? That that dude is a genius, man. That dude, <laughs> Benny Richburg, man. That dude is he, Yo, bro, he, let me tell you, he he leaned over to me. I never forget this shit. John Bowman, John Bowman just passed away. The co-creator Martin just passed away, man. Um. And and we were in the writers room one day, man. It was like one Monday. We just kind of convening as a writers coming together for the first time in the week. And Benny leaned over to me. I was kind of sitting off off the table, 
off the writer's room table. He leaned over to me, kind of like, yo, B, B, let me, you know, let me run something by you. We'd always kind of pitch stuff, you know, like, what do you think it is before I tell the whole world? And he ran this idea about Brumman, told me whole Brumman and who it was based on, and I knew the brother who it was based on. And I was like, yo, bro, I remember- Brumman is based on a real person, yo? Yes, Brumman is based on a real person. Um, and and it's it's my it's 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 a, a, a cat from Philly. It's a dude oh. from Philly. It's a dude from Philly. It's a, Bro, it's a dude it's from Philly. It's a, it's a dude. It's a dude from Philly. My man, Philly my man, Al, my man Al, my man Al Jordan. His name is Vidal. Um, he's in. As a matter of fact, the dude that Bro Man is based on is actually in the show. He's in an episode, but I I have to remember what it is i forget exactly what episode it is but you you know being fans of the show you know this shit you be like oh shit that's what bro man that's what bro man's based on it's him if i show it to you you're like oh shit okay i know he, you know who he is but you don't know who he that's is. great man but uh my man benny richburg leaned into me and he's like yo what you think about this brother man like he's based on v and uh you know he come in in a martin apartment <laughs> and i said and i kind of looked at him and my only skepticism and i remember saying this shit to myself you think they gonna get it like I got it right away, but I didn't think that you know, like some of the white writers would get it, and they did. And it was, the, I, and it's to the point. Benny told me because if he just didn't tell me, but he was like, "Yo, just co-sign KB when I sign when I when I pitch it, just co-sign for him." I was like, "Okay, yeah, I got you." Of course, shit is funny, and and everyone knew that I knew Martin's voice. So if I co-signed on it, that means Martin would have co-signed on it. So Benny pitched it to the room, and John Bowman. Chewing his gum, he said, had this big water gum that had right at the time. He was chewing his gum, and he said, I don't, I don't know if I get it. And I said, Yo, John, this shit is funny, man. I said, Just imagine us a slow bopping brother, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, Just imagine Vidal, just imagine Vidal. And then he kind of laughed. And I said, Trust us, man, trust us. Now, now I put myself into it. And he was like, Okay, okay, okay. And so three, four days later, I used to sit in every casting session. I used to sit right next to Martin in every casting session. Um, and, and we used to, it's funny, we used to sit like close by, but we would have our hands under the table. So two things we would do, like when it was a really hot girl, I like tap Martin under the table, like, yo, like, mm -hmm. or I might nudge my foot closer to him, like, you know, let him know, like, yo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then and the flip side of it was when, if someone was having a really shitty audition, and uh, I'll be, and I would try to make Martin laugh, like so he could, you know, just it, like I don't give a fuck. So I would pinch him, like under the table. I would like, <laughs> like, yo, and he'd be trying his best, like to you know hold that shit in. And man, yo, but yo, when we when, when Reggie Ballard walked in, and he did bro man, man, like we knew right away. Kill it me. was what it was no ifs ands or buts. We were like. And Martin had this thing, he had a silent laugh, where he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then, like, he'll, he'll erupt, he'll, he'll, he'll quiet, then he'll erupt after it. Man, bro, he did that shit, and and Reggie stayed in character the whole time. Like, he heard us laugh, he's, we falling out. And he, and he just bopped out the room, bro, and we like, we got our brother, man, that's it. And it wasn't even brother man at first, at first it was brother man. Brother man. It was brother man, and then we just shorted to brother man. Oh, yep. man. Fifth floor. That was, that was it. That was it. That was man. it. Hustle man. Hustle. Tracy Morgan is hustle man. Look, I wrote Killing Loaf. I, I wrote all the Tracy stuff. Everything Tracy did on this show, I did. 
um, Mark Tracy did an episode of Def Comedy Jam when he did his Def yeah. Comedy Jam episode. He had the big um, ass hat on. He had the propeller beat. Yeah. With the with the fucking wick card and the fucking shit. He's a fool. And when he came on stage, look at that episode. He comes on stage and he gives Martin a pat on the ass. And Martin kind of stops. And and because and I told Martin, I said, yo, this dude is funny, man. You gotta check him out. And Pat Martin on the ass, Kate Tracy went out and did his thing. And while he's doing his thing, he don't even know he got hired while he was on stage at Def Comedy Jam. Because Martin was like, yo, find something for him. Find something for him. And I said, I already got it. And I already knew, because I knew I was going back that season. I wanted to create a character called Hustle Man. So when we saw how Tracy do it, I was like, yo, he didn't have to audition or nothing. Like, this was his audition right now. Martin liked him. Cool. And I went back and I told the writers, like, yo, Martin wants to do Tracy Morgan's Hustle Man. He wants me to write his, his whole everything. And, yeah. Yo, don't do, don't shopping I, cart, I, yo. I'm trying to help you out, Chief. <laughs> no, that's, that's, my, that's my brother, Bobby. First time you see him. The chitlin loaf is still. Oh, my God, man. Got this chitlin loaf chief. Um, yo, it's, uh, well, it's, it's like certain shit that we just say. Like, I'm anytime, like, yo. <laughs> like, my sister might call me. My, my, my sister's a chef. She might call me, like, what you making? Chitlin loaf chief. Like, <laughs> or, like, or, I, or I'll call her. Like, yo, what you cooking today? Chitlin loaf chief. Like, it's just, it's just one of them things, like. Like, like we just joke around, like and it's just second second nature. But oh man, me and my me and my girl do that shit all the time. Like, yo, what you gonna make with that? I'm a I'm a marinated with pork and bean juice. <laughs> I'm a, I'm gonna let it marinate for three to yo, two days. Yo, did, yo, you, you did you write that with? Because I always thought like that was Tracy just like ad living. Yo, I'm, I'm gonna tell you what we. I'm gonna take that that scene in particular. I'm gonna tell you what Tracy used to do. Okay, I'm gonna tell you what we used to do overall. We used to tape. Like on, on with days that we tape, okay, we tape on a Friday night. But during the day, we would also tape too when there was no audience there. So a lot of times we would get it with no audience at all. We would get everything in the can already before the audience came so that when it, when we the audience came, the actors could just have fun because it was basically the show was already done. You know what I'm saying? We already yeah. had it in the can. So the actors just kind of bought, I mean, the crowd, the audience just bought out the, the extra shit. So as long as we had it, um, we would always get it without an audience. Then we would get it one time with the audience live. We would get the laughs. So everything that I saw the first, like it was written the first time, the way it was written. And I wrote all the Tracy, all the Hustle Man stuff. Um, once we had it in the can, I remember the first time Tracy was like, yo, I can, I, can I try this KB? I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, go ahead. And like, I, I remember checking with Garen, like Garen, you know, Cherry, I remember like, yo, Tracy's gonna do something different, so just be ready. Or I don't know what he's gonna do, but just be ready. Garen was like, all right, I got it. And what he ended up doing was the take that you saw. <laughs> he ran it he, he ran it by me right before he did it. Cause like I said, I used to be right between cameras two and three. So he waved me over, I run over there real quick. Martin would always be like, yo, what you think, what you think? I was like, no, are you good? Do it the same way, you good. And Tracy was like, yo, I could try this. I was like, say it again, tell me what you're gonna say. Cause I had to make sure that Martin did it, but it wasn't all story. He was like, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. And that's when he did the pork and bean juice line. And Tisha was Tisha was so good because Tisha just flowed with him. Like, that's how good Tisha was. Tisha just flowed, man. Tisha was like, three to two days. Like, she really, like, he purposely said three to two days. Like, he purposely said that shit. When he did pick up the pieces, all that choreography is his. Um, <laughs> or, like, getting down on the floor, reaching back, picking up the pieces. That was all his shit. But he would tell me right beforehand. 
he will always tell me right beforehand. And this is a, a quick sidebar too. And that shit goes back to Def Comedy Jam. When we did Def Comedy Jam, Martin would be on stage doing his, you know, introducing the next comic, right? I would be with the next comic that was getting ready to go on stage, me and the stage manager. They, stage manager was a white dude. He was kind of corny. So they felt more comfortable talking to me. And I would always shake everyone's hand like, yo, have a good set, have a good set, have a good set. Those to a man, the Eddie Griffs, Chris Tucker, uh, Steve Harvey, Bernie, Bernie Mac. Mac, Bernie Mac for sure, uh, Adele Givens. When I shook the Tracy, when I shook their hands, their hands were cool. They're like it was, you know, no sweat in their palms, no mom spaghetti, none of that shit. <laughs> and and everyone else, man, was shaking. Like I, some dudes was like Alzheimer's shaking, man. You know, Parkinson shaking and shit. And, and and sweaty palms and stuttering over their words, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I remember when Bernie Mac did the I Ain't Scared of You Motherfuckers, we was talking about the, the Knicks and the Bulls because he's a, a Chicago dude, I'm a Nick dude. And we was like arguing about the Bulls and he just went on stage and killed and he came right back off stage and we picked up our conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that, so, so yeah, that, that Bernie Mac joint, to me, that's like that's like when when Az did his verse on Life's a Bitch, and everybody knew like Az's that guy. Yeah, that's he what Bernie did Mac did on yep. that shit. Like everybody's like, "Yo, this dude, yep. he he's that guy." And yeah. people like, forget Chris Tucker just killed it. Mm-hmm. That's the same Chris episode. Tucker. Yeah, yeah. Chris Tucker killed it, and I forget. I want to. I forget the comedian's name that came on afterwards, but he he went on after Michael Jackson, literally. Cause you know Chris Tucker was doing Chris Michael, Jackson the Michael Jackson shit. <laughs> He's doing some Michael Jackson shit, and you have to go on after this motherfucker and before Bernie and Yo, Bill that's Bellamy. A nasty, that's a nasty sandwich to be, bro. Like, and I, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure if memory serves, this is what's crazy. Because yesterday we had a Super Bowl. I'm, if memory serves me correctly, my shit is usually on point. I'm pretty. The two things happened that day. That was a Super Bowl Sunday, and that was a Super Bowl Sunday. I think it was the second year that the Dallas Cowboys played the Buffalo Bills. And it was the game where Leon Lett got chased down by Don Beebe. I'm pretty sure it was that game. Because I remember the Super Bowl Sunday, I was kind of low-key pissed like at Def Jam because I'm going to be fucking watching the Super Bowl. Um, And then Russell- y'all recorded it on Super Bowl Sunday? We recorded it on Super Bowl Sunday. And I remember Bill Bellamy, because we did like, I think we taped like two or three shows that Sunday. And, and Bill Bellamy and Martin almost got into a fight because, or Martin and Bill Bellamy almost got into a fight because Bill Bellamy did a joke that Martin had been doing and Martin always would step to somebody if he felt like somebody was biting his joke. Yeah. And he, and he stepped to Bill and I, had, I remember hearing the ruckus and it's like, oh man, I had to come literally between them and shit. And, and, and that all happened, the Bernie Mac show, the, you know, the Bernie Mac um, set that day, the Super Bowl, if you ever see Russell with a AACA hoodie, that Howard, a hoodie joint, that's my fucking hoodie that he has on. He still owes me a fucking hoodie to this day. Because <laughs> he came, like, because we did three episodes, he didn't have a change of clothes. So it didn't win, you know, he didn't want to have the same fat farm ass shit on in three episodes in a row. So he was just like, yo, can you give me, give me somebody, give me a hoodie, give me a hoodie, give me a hoodie. And I was like, fuck it here. I took my shit off and I gave it to him. He's like, I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you, I'm gonna get you something, I'm gonna get you something. That was, 1990 fucking two. <laughs> I'm still waiting. Right, get that man a goddamn hoodie. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm looking at the fat bomb shit, and he's sitting up there posing with my shit. I remember that fucking day. I'm standing right there. Super Bowl Sunday is crazy as shit. But 
and, and, and Martin almost had a fight with Bill Bellamy that day and like a couple of years afterwards, a couple of years after, a couple of years later, um, Martin was performing at the Comedy Act Theater in L.A. and he almost had a fight with Ricky Harris for the same reason, late great Ricky Harris for the same oh, reason and shit. Because um, him and Ricky had a night and Ricky was, you know, affiliated. Ricky, L.A. dude. And we, you know, we 43rd and Crenshaw. Yeah, and, and 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 Martin, you know, that's how Martin, that's how passionate Martin was about protecting the integrity of his joke, like the Tat Al and Splat Al. <laughs> Yo, bro, <Yeah. laughs> it's real close. And man, and and but we we seen, I seen the rolling forties like right there, mm. like 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 Frosty, you know, boom. No, <laughs> 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 yeah man yeah those that's like that's all man like if you if, yeah. again what check out that check out that fat tuesday's documentary y'all 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 fuck with that y'all really enjoy that shit god Tori did it god Tori, god t yes yeah, so a three-part joint y'all it's it's on um amazon prime and y'all like that shit it's really dope yeah really i definitely uh mm-hmm. i paid my amazon brown bill so yep, i'm good yep. money for another month uh-huh I mean, uh-huh gotta but keep yeah, the packages coming but yo hey KB man, this this shit is phenomenal, man. Like, thank y'all, man. Thank and, you. And, and, and I know, I know, there's so much more that we could get into. Well, we we got to we got to we got to talk about uh, hoops and, and soccer next time. I mean, no, sneakers. Sneak. We got to no, the, the the sneaker episode alone. The, the, I got to trash the Knicks a little bit. Yeah, you know? of course. Of course. You know what I mean, because you know, of course, of course, because you know, you 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 see the hat. Of course, I'm mad at y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm mad at y'all. I'm mad yeah, at y'all. Yeah, yeah, man. As as, as long as wrong as wrong as y'all are, I'm mad at y'all. <laughs> <laughs> at at yo, least she was yo. alive when they won the championship, though. It's, it's yeah, all bro. good. I got, I got, I got a, sh- I got a picture of me and my grandmother, Miss Booker, of from 1973, and I have on a, a t-shirt, long sleeve t-shirt that said "World Champs Mix." I'm after. I'm gonna post this shit. I'm gonna post this shit probably tomorrow this week. And I, we ain't never gonna see that shit on the shirt again. <laughs> like, unless you know, unless you live in fucking Zimbabwe. Yeah, man, we live in fucking you know. Some yeah, man, they they got they got they got y'all championship shirts from uh from '99. From, from no, they got they got the uh they got the uh ones from um the OJ year. Oh man, the '94. The OJ, the OJ chip. <laughs> they they got uh. It, it, it's it's some uh, child rebel soldiers with with y'all shit on right now. <laughs> yeah, man. Ninety four chance. Oh yo. my god, June seventeenth to be to be to be Pacific, man. man. That's yeah, bro. We, we bro, man, look the, the sneaker episode, the basketball episode. Yo, man, man. Yo, yo, you you are you are uh, official tissue and the tape alumni. Yo, thank you for uh, this, man. This this uh, this shit man. is legendary, cause cause like you know, m- minus minus the uh the 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 diminished IQ, you are like Forrest Gump, yo. Like yeah, bro. Like you I, you I, you I, connected I to everybody black. Like you, we can take the timeline starting with the the story from Rakim. Mm-hmm. That's that's what like nineteen seventy something when yeah. you when that when that takes place. Or no, it's probably it's probably early eighties because you said Grandmaster Cash, so it's probably like mm-hmm. like early eighties or somewhere in there. Like but, yeah. mm-hmm. but up through everything with Yo MTV raps and 
and and everything with the Spike Lee movies to mm-hmm. black television in essence mm-hmm. you know the 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 groundwork for especially comedy deaf comedy jam Martin Jamie Foxx <laughs> come on man who well, my you? first my first TV commercial was Jordan Breeze my first oh. music video my first music video was the butt my first feature film was do the right thing um <sighs> My first TV show, my first TV show was Yo MTV Raps. Yo, I, I, when, when we when we go to list, like, you know how they, they, they be listing, like, somebody like fucking like Michael Jordan, they start listing all the stats, like on the bottom of the 12s. Right, like, right, On the right, bottom right, of the 10s, right. I mean. Right. <laughs> they got all this. We're going to have to start listing first. Boom. I'll take the stats, boom. man. I'll first. take the stats. Boom. That's Yo, I'm, I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to try to, I'm, maybe I could put it on a 12. But anyway, that's, that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But, yo. Thank you, man. Oh, thank man. You. Thank you all, man. It's my pleasure, brother. Thank you, man. My pleasure. Man. Hey, thank you, man. hold on before we get out of here because I want to I want to ask you something off, off the air. We're we going yes, we to end it right here because I, I there's normally we would do our outro. Fuck that, man. We, it's this this is this has been the illest shit ever, man. And and um, uh, do you want to just get him to, to do like whatever he wants to do as far as like a drop? Yeah. Like you yeah, we, say, we, hey, we definitely want to get a drop from him. Hey, it's Kenny Buford. Uh, on tissue and the tape, you can just say yeah. that. Respect mm-hmm. he holders, you know, whatever, whatever. 